Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've learned from my struggles with chemo brain and executive functioning disorder. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now entrepreneur, with 20 years of experience in business and office design. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, mom of a teen, a wife, and a lifelong learner. I've discovered that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget important appointments, we can learn to be more productive. We can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and much more manageable. Listen in and learn how to create a plan to streamline your space and your systems so you can be more focused and organized. Hey everyone, Katherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and the host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. This is a fun month, January, in planning because I've kind of felt like some of it was a little boring. So I brought on all these really interesting guests and I have a feeling this is where this podcast is going to go because it's so super fun to interview people. So today I'm actually interviewing the goddess of podcasting who is Phyllis Nichols. And she is the person who does all my podcast backend stuff because as you all know, I think little hamsters run the computer internally and so technically not my thing. So (laughs) self-proclaimed sales nerd, Phyllis Nichols, is the founder of two thriving businesses. She has a passion for sales, telling stories that inspire, and empowering others to embrace their potential. I can attest to that personally. Phyllis uses her expertise to help creative entrepreneurs grow revenue resources and infuse confidence and creativity to tell their marketing stories. So without further ado, we're going to have Phyllis tell us some about planning when you have a team and all about sound advice. How do you make it all happen? Yeah, well, (laughs) with some planning and some organization, but, you know, it did not start out that way, Catherine, because this is not my, that's not my zone of genius, right? My zone of genius is sort of the big picture and sales and connecting and marketing and messaging. And then when it comes to like executing all of that, you know, I'm sort of like, yeah, you know, we'll let somebody else kind of figure all that stuff out. But there, in the beginning, there wasn't anybody else, especially with the podcasting part of our business, which started taking off a couple of years ago. It got a little crazy, honestly. I mean, for a while, I know when I was preparing for this and thinking about some stuff, I look back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, for about six or seven months, we were managing and and producing podcasts for about seven different clients and literally all the information was in my head. And then I finally did a spreadsheet, which helped a little. And then it was kind of like, and we picked up a few more clients and I was like, this can't all just be in a spreadsheet. It can't all be this way, right? In my head, like literally every day I would have to go like, okay, what has to get done today? You know, what, which editor do I need to get a hold of that kind of stuff? So yeah. <laughs> so we spent a big chunk of time figuring out processes and uh, my husband who is a partner in the business and works in the business a little bit is much more process oriented. And so he helped with a lot of that too. And we finally now have like nice processes and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it didn't start off that way. It was really challenging. Do you have a process management software you use or do you create something of your own? 
Yeah, we do actually. So that was, that was something I didn't know a lot about. You know, I really am familiar with it. And in my corporate days had used, you know, a kind of a sales management tool that was somewhat process oriented, but it was very much like, you know, my part of it was like input information here, get reports there. You know, that was really the extent of my responsibility. So we started looking at software options and the two I investigated a lot were teamwork mm-hmm. and Basecamp. And I ended up actually going with Basecamp because, as you know, with podcasts, a big part of what we're doing is moving some files around, audio files in particular, sometimes video files too. And Basecamp gives us a lot of latitude with storage of those kinds of files. So like your podcast files can live in a Basecamp folder that an editor can have access to, but they don't really have access to any other information, right? And we can move that kind of stuff around and then they can upload a finished or an edited podcast there for us to check and then, you know, move it to the right place for it to be published. So Basecamp just gave us some flexibility with that. Now I'll just chime in because Basecamp costs money. Anyone who's looking to do this kind of for free or for $10 a month, I think it is, it might be 15, but I think it's 10. I have Dropbox for business and I can share files out to clients and those clients will be the only ones having access to those particular files. (laughs) So it's a, it's a great mechanism, Mm -hmm. not only for sharing with clients, but also for sharing with team. And what I'd love you to talk about is I know you have remote team members, so do I, and I think you have far more than I do. I think I have two, maybe three. How many are there? Where are they located? And what are sort of their roles as you're looking at creating these projects for clients like me? Sure. So our primary, um, kind of the biggest sort of, I guess, component of our team is is editors, obviously, um, because we do a lot of editing and editing is a little bit of a labor-intensive process. So we have two editors that are based here in the U.S. We have a couple of editors that are not U.S. based that we have used. Now, one of them is really more of a special projects. Uh, A lot of times we use him when we are launching and maybe we're doing five or six episodes in a really short period of time. Mm -hmm. And then we have I have kind of a regular VA that does, again, like blog posts and and she does some writing and she, she does a some client work as well. And then we have another person and she's also in the United States. She's actually here. I live in Ohio. She's in, in Ohio too. We have another person who's in Atlanta who is a Libsyn expert and really helps with a lot of the publishing, um, getting the right links and all that kind of stuff together. So I guess all together, what is that? That's like seven people maybe? Nice. Something like that. Yeah. Which obviously is not, not huge by, I guess, you know, team standards. Um, but it's, kind of it was a lot for us I mean we went from basically four which we had for, for a number of years to seven we actually had another editor at one point we had eight but now we've actually kind of just settled on the, the team that we have and they're really doing good work great great and about you I find that who is on your team is a huge part of this puzzle and I am really particular about who I choose to be on my team they really have to be self-starters, people who can say, okay, I know this deadline is X, and yeah. they can get it done themselves. And then I think the other huge piece is they have to be trustworthy. So the one person I do have come on site is my bookkeeper, because I have to say I'm a little bit particular, and I want to be able to see what's happening with my finances while she's yeah. right here on site. 
And I have heard of horror stories for people who have hired virtual bookkeepers. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying it can be tricky. So one of the big reasons I hired you and Sound Advice to do my podcast is I wanted to know that I wouldn't wake up worried in the middle of the night and my podcast wouldn't be ready on Thursday. So let's talk team. What are some of your major criteria for hiring your team members? Yeah, that's such a good question. And like you, it's really important. We are using, right now, all of our team members are contractors, right? So legally, you know, we don't set hours. So we set expectations, outcomes, and deadlines, right? Here's, here's the work that needs to get done, and here is the deadline. And having someone that, to your point, is a self-starter that goes, okay, you know, I've got four hours of editing to do, and here's when that's going to fit into my day, or I've got eight hours of editing to do, and here's where I'm going to do that. Um, what's interesting is we, we had one of, an editor we don't use anymore who was a fantastic editor and did great work that just really struggled with that. It's, it's unfortunate because he did great work, but was really not able to, to plan, like to have that ability to go, yeah, that's going to take me about six or seven hours to get done. And so I need to, you know, if it's got to be turned in by like you know, Thursday at four, when do I need to start on it? You know, when can I work it into the, my life and the other things that I have going on? So yeah, it's really important that, that they can do that. I think the other big thing for us has been communication. So again, in Basecamp, we have, you know, because of the nature of our business, like the work we do for you and your podcast, it's the same. The process is, is the same. We're repeating the process every week. So that's helpful right there, right? People, you know, we can all get into a bit of a groove with it. It's also really clearly outlined. So when, you know, I, when the files come in from you and they get assigned to an editor, the editor gets the alert and they know that and they can immediately see what the due date is. And then as soon as they complete their portion, you know, the next person is notified that it's time for them to do their part. So that has helped a lot as well so that everybody understands like their piece of the pie, so to speak, or their piece of the process. And I think that's helped because then they know like, oh, somebody else is waiting on this and somebody else is going to complete this other piece of this. And that's been a big help. For a while, our editors did not have visibility to that. When we were doing the spreadsheet, all they knew was like, there's this spreadsheet and I have to like send fellas a file back. And shockingly, like that was a problem. And now that people understand the workflow and like what's happening everywhere, it's, it's made a huge difference. That's fantastic. And it's funny because you streamlined right into communications, which was actually my next question. Now you're communicating in Basecamp. I'm communicating in Asana. But I also find, and this is when we can sometimes get derailed, I'll suddenly be doing the private message thing back and forth. And then I have to remember like, okay, everybody, we need to get back on track with Asana. So it's all in one place where we can follow the conversations and the tasks that have to be done. I find it interesting when you talk about the gentleman, I think it was a gentleman, uh, that was struggling to get things done on time. That's pretty typical of folks who might have some kind of challenges with keeping track of their time, organization, paperwork, whatever, sometimes can be under various brain-based challenges who are the people I work with. And that's one of those characteristics you'll see. And, you know, managing that. So I don't know if you did this, but, and I think you did based on what you said, I hired people who are not me. (laughs) I do tend to be very big picture and visionary. Yes, I go out and help clients set up these processes, 
But the fact is, I, when it comes to my own business, the nitty gritty detailed tasks, I, I get, I'm the 80-20 person. I get 80% of it done and I don't want to do the last 20%. I think the big shift for me in 2019 was to really complete projects I had said I was going to do that never happened. And I had that uh, VA, it was phenomenal, to make sure yeah. that I do that. And I literally write, you probably do this too, I write in the sun sometimes, I'll say, this is just to remind you to light a fire under my ass to get this done. Because <laughs> I know it's something I have to do, it's not necessarily her. So I don't right. know if you do that too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny that you say that because we also have a section in Basecamp that is specific to just, you know, our business, like our internal stuff that we're doing, our, you know, blog posts and updates on our website and things that are not related to client work. And a lot of that, right, is assigned to me. And so there's a huge list of stuff there, but there's also, again, another person and some visibility to that VA so that she can go, uh, this is, you have a due date on this? Like, I haven't seen anything, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah. It's really helpful. And in Basecamp, you know, we have the ability, they call it paying. It's sort of like an instant message. Right. And you can, but you can only do it like one-to-one. -one. Like I can't instant message everybody, you know, mm -hmm. just one team member. Um, that has helped in, in a jam. Or we use that. In fact, my husband kind of manages the editors and the editing process and has done some training. We really try to set a standard. Everybody's using the same software and we really have our editors using as much as possible, similar process. Editing is a little bit of, from what I understand, I don't edit, but is a little bit of a sort of an art and a science, right? Like not, no two editors would edit the same file in the exact same way. And we understand that, but we also want to have a very specific standard and a way that things get done. And it's been really helpful to use some of those communication tools. So, you know, he can do a little video and then show, you know, the editor like, hey, here's how we, here's how we did this. Um, here's how we fixed a file that was, you know, had an issue or something like that. So it's helpful. But to your point, you know, I definitely hire people who are not me, right? People, my, the person in Atlanta who is really a Lipson expert and she, and she could, is very competent in a lot of other things too. Incredibly detail oriented. You know, she remembers every step and, and which is great because when we're publishing people's podcasts, it's really important. There are several things that have to be done in a specific order. It's not particularly hard or difficult, but it just has to be right, has to be on time. We usually, you know, we have information we send to the client after the publish, after it's up and ready. To your point, like different clients, you know, we share that information with you and with one of your team members, for example. Other clients have us do it slightly differently based on what works best for them. You know, but she's on top of all of that, like, you know, and, and just which is great, right? Because I'm good at saying, yes, we can totally do that. And we can, but yeah, if I had to, again, when I was trying to remember all that in my head, yeah, a little bit of a train wreck. I can't, I can't imagine. So you, yeah. you bring up two things. I'm going to try and do them one after the other instead of my usual zipping around all over the place. One is you talk about standard procedures. And a lot of small business owners don't have standard operating manuals. So they're constantly recreating the wheel. And that is actually one of the things I help people with is setting these up. And it, I probably did it four or five years ago. And not, to be honest, I really think everyone should review them once a year at least because I know some things have changed. And it's come up literally this morning. Someone is a potential new client. And I realize I don't remember the last time I looked at the particular document I need to send her. It's not that I don't have 
things set up for sure. onboarding clients, but this is a more unique situation. And I realized that I've got to go back and make sure that I've got it ready to go and then need to then set the triggers for the virtual admin to do the rest of the work. So it's easy to become the stumbling block if you don't have those standard operations in place. I just love that you say that. I'd be curious, and I don't know if you know what your husband uses to do those videos, but I think you can use Camtasia, right, for those internal videos? Yes, you can use Camtasia. Um, we have, uh, they edit with the Adobe suite of software, I think it's Adobe Audition, huh? and Adobe has some version, and I apologize, I don't know exactly what it is, but they have some version also where he can do like a screen capture type recording as well. So he'll use one of those. Um, and sometimes if it's down and dirty, it needs to be really fast. He might even just do a really quick loom type thing. You know, if it's just one little, like, little thing that we need to communicate and it's really fast and easy, it's web-based and we can send it right over. It doesn't have to render and all those kinds of things. So, but yeah, it takes advantage of all those resources. And it, and it dawns me as you're talking, of course, because that's how these things go. You can screen share on Zoom. So if you're only yes. doing it to one person, it's easy peasy, even with a Zoom free account. Yeah, so. it really is. And again, I'm saying yes, because, you know, I don't do any of the editing. But yeah, they, so, but, you know, they, it's nice because they, uh, our editors, we now, you know, they know that they can ask questions and that it's fine to go, hey, you know, I've run into something because we learned in the beginning, you know, we just assume like every file is going to be fine and everything's going to, you know, it, that's just, that's just not how business works. It's not, certainly isn't how audio recording works, right? Things happen to everybody all the time. So now, you know, it's nice that um, instead of it feeling like a wrench, it's like, oh, this is one of those times when I'm just going to do this, or I'm going to reach out, or I'm going to follow this process and ask for help. It wasn't like that in the beginning. So there was lots of frantic, like, oh my God, like, I don't, you know, I don't know what to do here. And the deadline's coming up. And what do you want me to, you know, it was, yeah, so this is this feels much better, right? There's a way for that all that to get addressed. But it wasn't like it, and it's still a work in progress. When you talk about processes, I mean, some of it we have down, I think, really well, and it's working well. But I think, you know, we still find from time to time, like some of it feels a little clunky. Like we're moving files around multiple times, and sometimes it seems like we should be able, you know, we still are always looking for ways to streamline that. So we're not touching things too many times if we can, you know, avoid it or moving stuff around too much. Sometimes it still feels like we do that a little bit more than we would like. I should really use myself as an example of what not to do when you start podcasting. Because <laughs> I made so many newbie mistakes. You're really, some of them you know, and some of them you get a big kick out of. So one of them was... I don't think so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get, get this. One of them was I didn't write scripts. And I'm not oh. saying if you write a very specific, in-detail script. Sometimes I do, and I know you yeah. see the show notes are just above my script. It was very funny because the first couple of podcasts I recorded, I kept having to re-record because I couldn't remember what I was going to talk about. So I very quickly learned that actually it takes way more time to wing it than it does to <laughs> write the script. Right. The opposite, <laughs> right, of what you would think necessarily, it's right? A you're a good person. Right. Well, you're a good communicator, too. Like, you're a really good communicator. So, right, so you're not worried about being able to express yourself, right? I'm, I'm the same way. And, yeah, but then you hit the record button and you're trying to now have this, like, focused thing. And it's like, I'm the same way. I'm like, yeah, it just all sort of goes wonky on me. So speaking of hitting the recording button, <laughs> a couple of the very beginning, I didn't hit the record button. So one of the things I learned was just to warn my guests that – 
it starts recording automatically. So when I set it up in Zoom, I hit that little box that says automatically record, knowing that your team's just going to edit that beginning chit chat that happens as people are sort of figuring out their audio and whatnot. And, and then the, the most amateur mistake I've made recently, and it happened just here on this podcast, was to realize that I did not have my microphone near my face. So it'll be interesting to see the difference in sound from early in the podcast to later. So we're constantly, the point of all this is I make a little fun of myself, but the point of all this is we're all a work in progress. Yeah. And we're constantly improving and getting better at what we do. And if I had a little, say, handy dandy podcast checklist, that said, move the microphone close to your mouth, that would probably be a good thing. I don't think I'll make that mistake again because I've now abjectly humiliated myself on my own podcast. Yeah, but you know, you are not, there are very, I will tell you, there are seized, very seasoned podcasters who have been podcasting for years, you know, a long time that, you know, runs into the same thing, you know, with the recording or what, it just happens, you know, people are people. And a lot of times, right, we're, managing lots of things at once and then we sit down to record and we want to have this moment of clarity and yeah so that's funny though and and <laughs> to your point I will say and I would this is a recommendation to anybody who's who's podcasting or even if you're just recording like stuff internally for your your team or what have you I definitely benefit from practice so I don't do it all the time but when I sit down to record a lot of times I will do the first like it may say it's an introduction I will definitely just intentionally I will sit down and turn on the recording and I'll do it three or four times one of the reasons is because I feel like energetically I start getting better at the second or third recording and it's just an energy thing as much as anything and I don't have that problem when I'm talking to somebody, right? There's this energy when we have this conversational flow. But sometimes if you're recording on your own, at least I find like this energy, it's kind of hard to like sort of, you're just staring at yourself or you're staring at a screen kind of thing. So, um, so I'll tell you what I do because you're yeah. right. And I never thought of it in this context. When I'm interviewing someone, I don't necessarily have to do this. But when I'm interviewing just interviewing where I'm just podcasting by myself, right? I always just before I'm about to podcast, let's say I say, okay, I'm going to podcast at 1.30 p.m. and I schedule it and I have it set to auto record on Zoom and it pings up to remind me. Just before that, I'll put on some favorite dance music and I'll dance all over the room by myself for three or four minutes. And it's hilarious, but it gets all that. It gets the energy up and at the same time, it gets the focus. Because right. you don't have to get the, you know, your expression, yayas. You have to kind of get the yayas out, the jitters, the, the crazy. And I definitely, for some reason, it doesn't matter that this is, I think, my 35th episode. I still get a little nervous before I record. So that's, I now see why great public speakers will have the dance music going before they start. I think that's why. I'm sure it is. And I think that's a great tip. I, I have never tried that, but I probably should. I know one of our other podcasters who she likes to record standing up. So for some reason, she just feels like she does a better job and, and speaks more clearly or what have you. So, you know, obviously we're a big fan of like whatever works, but I like the idea of just ramping up your energy and good music is always a great way to do that too. That's a great idea. I'm going to pass that along actually. <laughs> super fun thing to do. And I remember there was a time I'm in a networking group 
and I needed to get something done. And it really was one of those things I was not getting done. And so I posted in the group and I said, if I don't have this done by 5 p.m., I promise you I'm going to put up one of my private dance party videos, <laughs> which is way more humiliating. I don't need anybody to see me dancing around the room by myself. <laughs> Needless to say, oh, you could bet I got that done. And I got yeah. it like it. 10 a.m. <laughs> Good motivation, right? Well, was I have a question for you, if that's okay. Sure. So I'm curious. I know I'm putting you on the spot. We did not plan this. But um, I'm curious that what in the podcast process part, like what you find sort of easy and if there's anything that you find that just sort of, I wouldn't say they use the word hard, but just, you know, something that maybe doesn't flow as easily as other parts. When I, before I started, I set a whole calendar for the year of topics. And I will say some things came up where I ended up not staying with those topics. So I don't know if you remember when I learned how to surf and I had all those surfing lessons and I did a series of podcasts around that. What I found was helpful for me was to have the themes. So you'll laugh because you know this is the fifth of the season, excuse me, of the month. Right, my planning podcasts, and I had planned for four. <laughs> and, and so I scrambled and contacted Phyllis and said, Phyllis, I have to have five. And we were having this back and forth, and I'm like, no, really, if you look, there's five Thursdays, and I need yeah. a fifth podcast. So it was very funny. But having the theme of planning in January and now looking forward to February, I'm going to be talking about cyber digital decluttering, et cetera, because somewhere around February 10th, I think it is, is National Clear Your Computer Day or National Clear Your Desktop Computer Day or something like that. I'm flaking exactly what it is. So it all fits with the theme. This month, you know, January is a quintessential time to plan for the year. Sure. It made perfect sense. I think March will probably be around home office, but I haven't quite decided yet. I don't, I don't over plan it, but I do have 12 categories lined up so that I know that this year I can grab a category per month. That also helps me plan for who I bring on as guests. Good. I can easily see, like last week with Kurt, who I talked about project management software in the past, I knew my topic was project management software and he'd be a perfect fit. Likewise, I knew you have a more sizable team and I've seen your team in action. So it was really very comfortable for me to be able to say, Phyllis, I know you have, you must have great procedures in the background because I see how effectively your team works. And I know it's not a three person team like mine. And I think it's important that people see, especially entrepreneurs, you could be anywhere from a team of one or corporations that are teams of thousands. So it's a really neat thing to see. So what was the struggle? I think the only struggle really was recognizing how much time it takes. There's no going into podcasting unless you're doing a five minute podcast and not putting a time commitment into it. And I'm going to guess a typical week for me, I put in somewhere between two and four hours into a podcast. And that's a lot of time. It is, especially, you know, you were already busy. You have a busy life. Yeah, it's not like you just had a ma- you know, this magical four-hour window that was blank, right? That you, you weren't doing anything. Yeah, so and I think that's... Week more. This week's yeah, more because I'm recording two podcasts. Right, yeah, and that's, that's a great point. And I think it's... I'm glad you said that. I think because I do think some people 
you know, they hear a 20 or 30 minute podcast. And, and I, I know that there's an acknowledgement that it took more than 20 or 30 minutes, but I think it is, you know, again, this sort of this prep work and some of the other things that happen to make it all come together. Um, it does take time and, you know, yeah, you have to kind of go into it with that. I think that's good advice though, on your part to just acknowledge and recognize, right? Like what you do. I know one of the things I think are great, you were, you're being a little self-deprecating, but you really, I think are one of the few, not, I shouldn't say one of the few, but you have very, a really good process for how you do things. And I know you have a team member that supports you in that. And what's nice is, I mean, it's the same every week in the way that you do it, where you put the files, how you, how you manage all of those things. And believe it or not, not every client is like that. You know, it's, some people are really haphazard and things don't show up the same way every time or what have you. And, and it's okay, but um, I, I like that you have kind of this consistent way of doing things. I know when files arrive, where they're going to be and how to find them. And the editor knows, you know, all those good things. It just makes it really simple for us, which is nice. And I don't know if you noticed, I just split it 2019, 2020. Yes. So I was like, oh, this is so much easier. <laughs> and then when we did the whole uncluttered holidays, I had that separate because it was sort of a very unique topic. And I think I'm probably going to do the same now. So I'll have all my January ones in one place, all my February ones in one place. Yeah. And it helps me too to access when I go back because I can remember January dash planning. When you're organizing your files, whether they're physical or whether they're on your computer, they need to have a system. And I'm, this is probably going to be an entire podcast one day, all about how you set up your filing systems. Yeah. And it's really helpful if they coordinate so that the physical files talk to the digital and vice versa. So that's why I get that all organized digitally is because I know that when I say, hey, Phyllis, episode 35 is ready, you can say, oh, I know exactly where 35 is. Or I'm assuming actually your team member is saying, I know right. exactly where 35 right. is. Right. Yeah. And, and, and actually what's in that actually then, right, starts that whole, kicks off that whole base camp process because then they go, the check mark number one is files received from client, right? And then that whole like little, that whole little process kind of starts starts running. So it, yeah, which works out great for us. And I'm glad you're going to do the thing. You know, one of the other things, and maybe we'll, we should probably all, maybe I should interview you about this at some point, And I will is about like naming files and the way really, I think I personally can be very haphazard about it. And then, you know, then it's confusing. Like I have right now probably 20 folders that are like website something right, around my stuff, not client stuff, and, you know, my husband, Kelvin was looking the other day, and he's like, well, why are there, like, eight folders that say Sound Advice website, I'm like, well, you know, one of them is this, and one of them is that, anyway, so, to your point, though, like, some of that, just having some consistency, and having sort of a regular routine way of doing some of those things, it sounds like the simplest thing in the world, but it really streamlines things, and it's, it's much less confusing, well, I will say, I do know someone who could help you with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'll be in touch. <laughs> That'd be great. I'd love yeah. it. And it'd be fun to do it on the podcast. I'd love to help you with that. Yeah. It is, it's something I really love doing. And I do it because I discovered that I had issues. I found I had a marketing folder copied in various places four times. And then now you're trying to figure out what's the most recent version of the marketing folder. <laughs> right, right. You know? yeah, and I, when I was fixing it, I ended up just putting it on a, um, 
uh, external hard drive so that I wouldn't lose anything until I figured out what was the most <laughs> up-to-date marketing folder. It was insane. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. I'm glad. Yeah, this is something we should definitely address. It's be a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, and it would be really helpful for us. And, you know, we have clients who are like, just tell me how you want me to do this and we'll do it, right? So a good example, one of our clients, um, it's a co-hosted show. So there's two people, always two files, and two tracks, I should say, right? So there's two separate audio files. And then sometimes they have a guest, so there's a third. And then they have ads, so there's like four and five, right? And that doesn't include the intro and the outro. So they have one podcast easily has seven or eight different tracks. Fortunately, you know, I'm not editing and I don't have to keep track of that, which is great. But, you know, it, they, it took a while to right, get into a group and now they have a very specific way of marking those things so that the editor knows exactly which one goes where and all that good stuff. But honestly, in this case, I would have to say the client sort of came up with the solution. We have other clients asking us like, hey, how do you want us to do this? And, you know, now we're trying to start to give them best practices or say, you know, this is what's worked for other clients. You know, we would recommend that you use this process if it works for you. I feel like, you know, we really learn from our clients in that regard on, on some of the best ways to do some of that. Well, I always tell people who say to me, I want a podcast. How did you get started? I say, call Phyllis. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, sound so nice. I'm like, I, I do not do the little hamsters on the wheel. You just call Phyllis. Here's how you contact her. And she set it all up for me because people are like, how'd you set it up? What did you do? And I'm like, uh... I, I called Phyllis and then I think I opened a Libsyn account and, and she said I had to have three or four ready. Yeah. Could you just call Phyllis? That'd be great. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But you know, I do want to acknowledge you for, for this because you, I know that you really don't have trouble coming up with content ideas and information. Um, but you know, that is not this, that's not the case for everybody. Some people really have um, difficulty, which I think is just kind of, I think a good evidence that, you know, across the spectrum, like we all have our thing, right? We all have some things that just sort of are like our little wrinkle that we have to deal with on occasion. What I like about working with you and the kind of work that you do for you with your clients is, you know, we can come up with a way to address that as opposed to being like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what to do, which, you know, again, in my spreadsheet days was sort of happening almost like once a week, right? We were freaking out over something. I've been following all of your information and learning from you because I, some of the stuff, it's like, it feels like it should be common sense to me, but it wasn't, it wasn't in the beginning. It's just not the way I think about stuff. So yeah, it's, it's nice. And it's nice that I appreciate that you are really good with your content and coming up with it. And then, you know, you just put some systems in place to make sure the rest of it got done. Perfect. Great. Fabulous. And I have to say, that's the other thing. When I started podcasting, the goal was to find my voice and to begin to share my message and, and to help others share their message is really where it's, it's morphed to. And I think if you, if you don't have a lot of content yet, if you don't kind of know what you want to talk about, you maybe don't want to just jump right into podcasting. Right. Because right. it does require you know, putting thoughts together and coming up with content. And, and right. as you said, and I know one of your clients and I, you can decide if you want to mention her by name. I, I just love her. She's great. Has episodes. So she comes out with a section of eight episodes, what, twice a year? I'm talking about Carolyn Herforth, who's amazing. Oh, yeah. She does like a season, right? Which is a, yeah, which is awesome, right? That works for her, right? She just likes to sort of do this approach, right? And, and she, she does a season, 
and she plans it all out. I think she kind of batches it and does it all at once. She's actually, she's actually not a client, but she is a good friend. No, I love her podcast. It's great. I think she's awesome. And, and I do like that she does that. And, you know, to her point, and part of the reason she does it is that th- that works for her. You know, she has a life where she travels a lot. She does a lot of other things and she has stuff going on like many of us do. And so she decided there are some months where I know I don't want to have to record anything. So mm-hmm. I don't record on those months. I just, you know, I, I do these like little seasons and I release them sort of Netflix style. So I think now she is doing one at a time, but I, I think there have been times when she's released several at a time when it's a series and that kind of thing. But I think it's awesome because she was really intentional about what would work for her and then created her sort of system and her podcast around it, which is so smart. Sometimes I wish I had done that. But then the other part of me thinks that doing this on a weekly basis, I'm a huge believer in reduce, reuse, recycle content. (laughs) So I know that when I've done a podcast, this content's going to get used all over the place in my e-zine, in blog posts, in social media. And, and it helps keep me fresh. So I'm constantly having to research new things, which I love. One of my mantras is always be learning. So not a problem there. I enjoy that. All right. So we've been having a blast. I would love for people to know how to find you other than call me and ask. Yeah. Well, call Catherine, listen to her (laughs) podcast regularly. So the best way, we actually have a new website, which is called soundadvicestrategies.com. It has certainly a way to contact us there. And then about the middle of the page, there's also a place where you can opt in to get our free guide. The guide is so funny. This started off as like three or four pages of things that just kind of help explain to people like what's a good microphone to get and what's, you know, what's a good, how do I use Zoom? Things like that. Really basic stuff. It's not like 21 pages. It's taken on this huge life of itself, but it's nice because it's, Literally, if you are interested in podcasting, even if you're just thinking like, what would it take? What's involved? The guide, it kind of walks you through all of it from how do you get on iTunes to how do I record? All that kind of stuff. So I would just encourage people to do that and and support podcasters. The other thing I always have to mention is podcasts are listened at to about equal men and women, about 50-50. Some people, it'll say 51-49. But, you know, only about 7 or 8% of podcasts are hosted by women. No kidding. Seriously. If you're if you in the total. Now, there are a few genres like fashion podcasts and maybe parenting podcasts that tend to be much more women. But if you took in the, in the aggregate, yeah. So women's voices literally are not being heard on any range of topics. So if you're a woman and you are thinking about podcasting and you have something to say and to share, I would encourage you to figure out a way to make that work for you because we need your voice. We need to, we need to hear the women's perspective on any number of issues. I'm mind blown because I listen to so many wonderful women podcasts, meaning they're hosted by women. They're not necessarily strictly for women. Right. But maybe that's because I'm a woman. Yeah, no, (laughs) it probably is. Right. And, and we know, we know some women in in business and we, we know we, which is great. I mean, it is growing and the number is getting larger, but the percentage, you know, was even a couple of years ago, it was around 97% and 3%. Now it's gotten much better, but we still have a long way to go. So if you're a woman out there and you want to podcast about anything in particular, again, I think just everybody's perspective matters and different people are going to bring different, you know, they can talk about the same topic that somebody else talks about. And certainly that's done plenty in podcasting. 
you're going to have a perspective that I don't have and, and you're going to talk about it in a different way. And that's going to appeal to people in a different way. And, and it all counts. It's all really, there's a place for all of it. I just love how you're going to end this. So sound advice strategies to get to Phyllis, not just yep. through me, although you can contact me. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for coming on today, Phyllis. I appreciate it. Oh, gosh, it's a pleasure, Catherine. Thank you for trusting us with your podcast. And thank you for letting me come on and put you on the spot now and, and basically rope you into doing an interview on my podcast. So we'll be in touch about that. My greatest pleasure. Thanks again. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Catherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.